Hello and welcome to episode 221 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for spending some time here with us today. Before I introduce today's guest, and before I even hit record for this conversation, me and this guest, we were nerding out about print and what is so fantastic about print and why we love it. So if you want to engage in some print conversation, head over and check out the Print Design Podcast as well, where we do deep dives, deep dives, we dove deep, deep diving into a specific print project that my guest was a part of, how the paper was selected, how the color was selected, how many of these things did they produce, how were these key decisions made in the project, what did it cost, what's the return on that investment, Um, why they did it, all those sort of things about a specific print project. So check that out on the Print Design Podcast. And if you want to get started with print design, if you're not quite sure where to start, how to reach out to printers, how to build that swatch book collection so you can start feeling papers and finding out what fits what brand for your customers, that sort of thing, head over to printdesignacademy.com. There's a free video series waiting for you there just to get you started in that direction of graphic design for print and understanding what it takes to go from, oh, we should print something to designing that, creating that, selecting the paper, including Pantone colors, setting up your files for that, all that kind of thing. So check that out, printdesignacademy.com, a free video series there. Now, today's guest on the old quickie podcast is Brittany Knight. She's an art director, an illustrator, and currently a brand designer with global sustainability at Nike, this little athletic apparel company called Nike. She's also done work with Sonos, Spotify, and Under Armour, just to name a few. This is a great conversation where she explains to us how she was a, I'm doing air quotes right now, a special art student, and how she was treated through high school. We then talk about the one job that really opened her eyes to what design is and how it's more than just a product or more than just a logo, more than just something that looks pretty. There's purpose and direction and meaning behind all of it. Talk about that job. Timothy Goodman, our good friend and talented illustrator and artist, Timothy Goodman gets a shout out in this episode. We also talk about the magazine job that Brittany got and why it was the toughest period of time in her design career so far how she overcame it, what she learned from it, and all that jazz. Now, Brittany drops like some knowledge bombs in this one, not only telling a great story, but she asks, she she shares with us this question that she asks herself whenever she's facing doubt or, you know, feeling a feeling of inadequacy. And this question, it just stopped me in my tracks and went, holy, I've never thought of anything that way before. But asking yourself that question in these circumstances is amazing. So we talk about that. We then talk about a Nike campaign that didn't quite go as planned. We also talk about a Sonos design project that she's super proud to have been a part of and a whole bunch more. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get to this one. My guest, Brittany Knight. Here we go. Whoa, 
Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey, Brittany, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dave? Terrific. I cannot complain. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Before we dive in, I got to ask you, are you ready for a quickie? I am. I'm ready to go. Fantastic. Well, let's dive in with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Yeah. So I currently live in Portland, Oregon. Um, However, I'm originally from upstate New York and I moved across country in 2014 without a job or a plan. Nice. Discover uh, what the West Coast life was about to bring. So, um, I've fared as an art director, a designer, and an illustrator for 10 years now, Mm -hmm. helping companies and brands succeed. Um, I've worked with Nike, Under Armour, Sonos, um, Spotify, uh, among other clients. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also worked with a lot of editorial titles such as Aspen Sojourno, Portland Monthly, Seattle Met Bride and Groom, and many more. Um, and my current day job is Nike's global on Nike, Nike's global sustainability team. By and by night, um, I side hustle as a freelancer. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. So it sounds like you have loads of free time. No, not at all. Absolutely <laughs> not. I actually like. Um, I just I'm always doing something, and it's yeah. always about design. It's whether I'm working. Uh, with Nike, which takes up a ton of my time mm-hmm. um, because it, it's just a very demanding job. Um, and then I freelance at night, like I said, and then I'm also volunteering with the community. So, um, oh, good for you. yeah, so uh, I don't really have time for my dog or my husband <laughs> at all. Ah, and <laughs> But I love what I do. So it's great. Awesome. So before I move on to the next questions, I have to ask you, being from Portland, um, are you, are you vegetarian? Do you eat meat? I eat meat. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's great if you don't as well. Uh, but I got to ask you, have you been to Pock Pock and had the chicken wings? So I haven't. And you, you know, were the second person I've talked to from Portland that hasn't had Pock Pock wings. I know. And you know why I haven't is because every time I've gone, there's been a huge line out the door yeah. and I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm too way hungry. too hungry for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you ever find it without a lineup, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I, I've heard great things and that's why I've gone a couple times to check it out. But yeah, unfortunately, there's just a line. They've got to be great, though, right? Yep. The wings and a cocktail or three, and you are happy. But sad times. I've heard that COVID may have shut them down. No. Yeah. My heart yeah. just sunk for a minute there. I know. And I, I, I have to Google Don't it. quote me. Don't quote me. But that's kind okay. of what I've heard. That's worth a Google. Where's the Pock Pock GoFundMe? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> There's more important things for GoFundMe. But um, <laughs> um, so next, I want to get in. I want to kick this back a bit, and I want to ask you about your childhood. What was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of steered you and pointed you in this creative career path? You know, I never really thought about it um, until uh, you know a few years back. I never really thought I had a 
creative childhood. And then I started to think about, um, I always was drawing. I had drawing books that taught me how to draw. I drew a lot of cats, a lot of cats and a lot of hands. And then I ended up winning art awards. Um, and on AOL Instant Messenger, I would experiment with fonts. Um, and uh, I also um, did some back-end CSS on MySpace and LiveJournal, which kind of dates me. But Nice. Yeah, I never realized that that was design at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I grew up in an area that, that wasn't really well-equipped with um, the right tools to educate students on design and what yeah. that looked like. So I knew I, I liked art. But I didn't realize that kind of was the same as design, really. Like, because I I always had a thing for typography, but mm-hmm. didn't really know what that was. So, did you have any family around that sort of was was there to guide you? You know, saw some potential and guided you in that direction, or did you sort of come across it in school? Was there a guidance counselor? Like, how did you pursue illustration? Yeah. So there's many things like I, I do remember there. So I have, I have four sisters. I am one of five. And, um, for whatever reason, I don't agree with this method, but our parents kind of gave us like, you're the good one at science. You're the good one at art. You're the good one. (laughs) So like (laughs) we all had like our buckets and I was the artist. So you got the art label. Nice. Yeah. And, um, I just always was like the, art teacher's pet, if you will. And I didn't really notice it until like maybe eighth or ninth grade that I was actually like pretty talented in it mm-hmm. um, because they, they just said some words that, you know, rung true in my head that, okay, yeah, I actually can draw something like seeing it in my mind because I have a really good photographic memory and then putting it on paper. Um so I had some teachers that were guiding me there. And then it wasn't until high school that um, I had yet again, another teacher just like kind of, you know, she was really close to me and was trying to guide me um, so much so that she took me away from the class because she didn't want me talking to anybody <laughs> and put me in a separate room by myself so that I could actually produce some good work. Yeah, these other students will ruin you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've had that happen to me a few times throughout my, my uh, you know, when I was a student. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, I never really thought about it until recently, which is just, I think it's because I'm in my 30s and I'm starting to reflect on things and like, why am I the way that I am and why have I chosen this path? Yeah, as we all do. And then we like realize that we we all need like counseling in some form. (laughs) (laughs) We're all coming of age. Exactly. So funny. I thought I had a great childhood, but that was so damaging. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a science sister. Is she still science? Yeah, she is. So it worked. It, I mean, it kind of did. Yeah, um, your parents saw something. Yeah, well, so uh, that sister, um, she's in Toronto at the University of Toronto mm-hmm. getting her PhD um, in something that I don't even understand. Uh, <laughs> something we can't pronounce. Yeah, um, she's, I, I know that at her last job, which was at Biogen in Boston, she was helping to, de- to develop a cure for um, 
Alzheimer's. Wow. So, yeah. So, yes, whatever bucket they put us in definitely worked. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so back to your sort of path here and your uh, the stages of your growth into illustration and creativity. Was there one piece of art or illustration or one influential design that you saw and has just stuck with you since? Oh, this one's super tough. And I, I've reflected on this question, um, quite a bit cause it's just, it's, so, there's been so many influences in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and not particularly in design, but just like my grandma for, for one, she is an upholsterer. She's had her own business for so many years. Um, and she's also a black belt, by the way. She's Whoa. pretty, she's pretty badass, and um, she's just an amazing person. And she has been a great influence in my life, um, whether or not she she knows that. But she's just very artistic, and I saw that when I was a child in a lot of drawings that she had. Mm -hmm. But I, again, like going back to the childhood, she she wasn't there to like guide me, but I saw that. Um, but more particularly in design in my first job, um, there, I worked closely with the lead creative, um, in this company where we developed products that, uh, not like digital products, but actual physical products that you would find in like Hallmark stores and Macy's. That's mm -hmm. where, those were our big stores that we would create, um, kitschy products for like figurines and ornaments and, um, like coffee mugs. Um, and he really shaped the influence of my career in a way that I didn't see beforehand. Mm. Just like I said, discovering um, that I really did have a creative childhood. Um, I didn't really understand what he was shaping in me at the time. Um, because I was designing and illustrating those products and bringing them to manufacturers overseas and having them develop them mm -hmm. into tangible products. But what he did was he would shape the narrative around those products, bringing them to a uh, marketing launch and, you know, managing photo shoots, uh, producing the catalog design and production, doing retouching for the imagery and the point of sale marketing at trade shows. Mm -hmm. And that was something I really fell in love with um, because it aligned more with my desire to um, not just be involved in one aspect of design, but it allowed me the ability to build a story around the products, somewhat similar to like creating a brand, which is where where I, my roots lie now. And that's where my career has gone today. So this influential person sort of helped you take a look at your creation, your drawing, your illustration. And it's not just an illustration. Here is the story around it. Here's who it's for. Here's how it helps their lives. Here's how to market that product and how to touch on those emotions. It really opened your eyes to be going, looking beyond just a piece of art or just an illustration. Absolutely. And I don't think he realized it at the time, but he was such a critical part in my life and my career that I think I wouldn't have gotten to where I am today without that influence. Awesome. Yeah, because there's so much there can be so much more to, you know, just illustrating a drawing an item um, that 
unless you've been shown all those other pieces, it's hard to really pick them out and to know what they are. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Brittany, who are some of the designers and brands that you right now look up to and closely follow or are inspired by? And what is it about them that you like? Another tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm inspired by a lot of my colleagues. I'm inspired by a lot of my past and current colleagues. So it's really hard to like point to one person. Um, I follow them all on Instagram. So like I, I find inspiration there and on dribble. Um, but if I were to like pick any two, um, any one or two, but I'm going to pick two, uh, it's going to be, um, some more well-known people that have really like, I've closely followed and that's Timothy Goodman. I don't know if you're um, aware of his His hand-drawn typographic work is amazing. And um, another person that I really love and follow is Hank Willis Thomas. Um, He's more of conceptual, does photographic work, sculpture, mixed media. Um, But what the two of them have in common that I really love is that they are very authentic in their work. And that's yes. how I try to lead my life with dignity and authenticity. And like Timothy, with the way that he just, he puts his heart and soul into his work. You obviously can see that in his work because it's literally written words right yeah. there. Um, and with Hank Willis Thomas, he, he brings, um, his heritage and ancestry um, into his concept. And he, he like brings this intersection of social issues and sport together in a way that you wouldn't really think of. Um, And he just, he does it in such a, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very interesting and conceptual and mind blowing to, to see it in such a way that um, you would never think about it. And especially Mm -hmm. being a black man, especially right now in today's climate. For sure. Um, So that's something that I, those two are very inspiring to me. Um, And especially Hank, um, just with the way that everything's going nowadays, it's, it's just, it's a commendable attribute to, to be able to create something so real and put it out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that, and I, I'm not familiar with Hank Willis Thomas, so I'm going to look him up. But from what yeah. you're telling me is that it sounds like when he's mixing in his ancestry into his his designs, his illustrations, his work, um, that is, I think that happens a lot, but not many people can identify it. Because really, mm-hmm. what whatever your upbringing was like, whatever your childhood was like, whatever the culture you grew up in, the, the visual imagery and stimuli that you grew up around, all of those things play into your mind and subconsciously find their way into your work or influence your work in some way. But it's really hard to identify that those things are involved in your work. I, I completely agree with that. It's so hard to identify that because of, there's so much going on in your mind. And especially as a young person, mm-hmm. you've got your mind is clouded by what you should do. 
and you're not really digging deeper into why you're doing it or why what's influencing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I completely 100% agree with that perspective. Fantastic. Um, so Brittany, the next few questions I have for you, take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I'm going to just pull you through the mud a little bit and we'll go through it together. And, uh, (laughs) I want to share some of those stories with the listeners and then we will wrap up in a happy place with a couple of fun ones. And, um, you ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go there. (laughs) All right. What (laughs) has been the most challenging period of time in your creative career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? So I like this question because I think it's crucial to any designer, um, or anybody for that matter in their career to like overcome the challenges that are presented to them Mm -hmm. and see and know that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'll go, I'll go to the probably the most challenging time in my career was when I was working as an associate art director um, at a magazine. And I was acquired by uh, a creative director that didn't feel I was adequate for the job that my original boss had hired me for. Mm. And my original boss uh, actually was offered uh, another job two weeks after she hired me. So I fell under the management of someone new really, yeah, really quickly. Um, so at that time it was, it was early on in my career and I was very new to editorial design at the time. And I, I agree that I needed more guidance, um, than what was being offered. Uh, well, there wasn't, um, any guidance being offered, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, and, uh, Although another art director actually did take me under her wing, she mentored me, Um, ultimately that wasn't enough, Mm -hmm. and I was let go, and that was a traumatizing time in my life, Mm -hmm. because before that time period, I was always, I was always empowered, I was always told I was great, and that, you know, I, I, my, my work ethic is, I work really, really hard for what I do. And at that moment, it just felt like it didn't matter. Like the, the hard work didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it was something else. So at that time when I was let go, I, I had no inclination that I was doing anything wrong. Yeah. And till this day, I, I don't even know why I was let go. Um, it wasn't explained to me. So like everything I just mentioned, that's kind of my guess as to how things transpired. So Needless to say, the situation was handled pretty imperfectly. Yeah. But um, it, it really it led me down a dark path of questioning my worthiness as a designer and if yep. I chose the right path. Um, but, you know, it, they, they do say that the best form of revenge is success, right? So um, despite feeling that way, I persevered. And I applied to jobs day in, day out, looking for the next best thing. Um, And I worked at that time. um, I developed a a freelance business. Nice. I worked for many agencies across Portland. And I interviewed with many, many small and large companies, Fortune 500 businesses included. Um, And throughout that one and a half year span, um, 
while also working on intermittent projects, I went on over 70 interviews. And that's not like that's not including the like, you know, sometimes you go through an interview process and you get up to four interviews and then you have to go through the the negotiation process. Like that's just like the actual like, okay, you've got the interview. That's not including all of the steps. Wow. So it was a challenging time and it really, really humbled me and brought me back to reality that like not everything I do and not the way that I am is always going to be great. So um, I eventually landed at a place that I, the best place that I could have ever possibly imagined being at Nike now. Um, and what I always question to myself nowadays, um, when I start to question my worthiness and if I am in the right line of work is that, um, would your 18 year old self be impressed and proud of where you are today? Oh, great question. Yeah. And my answer is always yes. Would my 18 year old self think, would I ever be at Nike? Hell no. Hell <laughs> no. And my my 18 year old self would be like, how the how would she even get there? Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so like it was a rough time, but looking back on it, obviously, always in hindsight, you're like, that is the best possible thing that could have ever happened to me. And it, sometimes I wonder if that was her intention, that she was like. She is not right in the editorial world. Let's get her out of here so she can move on to something better. Yeah. A little bit of communication could help. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. 100%. But that's great. You know, taking, taking a lump like that and, and, you know, you mentioned all like all of the stages you go through the self doubt stage, the, no, you can do this, the empowering stage. And, you know, there's probably an anger phase in there. And then at the end of the day, you go through and then when you look back a year and a half later, you go, oh, I see why those doors closed and those opened and here we are and here I am and happy days. Yeah, exactly. But I love that question and I'm going to um, chuck that in my memory bank here that, you know, would your 18 year old self be proud of where you are? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it puts me in check every time that question comes up in my mind that like, you know, cause sometimes you're like, Oh, why am I doing this? Uh, uh, you know, you get frustrated, but then yeah. you're like, no, I, I, my 18 year old self, the one that, you know, had big dreams would mm-hmm. be absolutely proud of where I am today. You're like, Damn straight sister. Are you on the right path. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to get a little bit more specific with this next one. Can you take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well um, or did not bring the desired result? What was that like? What did that feel like? Can you take us to that story? Yeah. So this one is an agency story. Um So I was working on a team of three uh, with a creative director, an art director, and a production designer, and I was the designer. And we were working on a Nike lacrosse campaign that was pretty bonkers. And there were so many rules around the campaign. um, Like, we had to include athlete photos, but we couldn't show their feet because they had the wrong cleats on. And we were to use two specific cleats in the design 
So they provided us with those product images, but they were like super standard product images that you would typically see on Nike. Um, and they didn't provide any like copy or context surrounding the campaign other than like a lockup and well, and some colors, but like literally nothing. So you have, you have to include these, these elements, but what do you do with them? You have absolutely no direction. And in my experience with Nike, you're typically given much more information. You're typically given a VC. This is what they call it at Nike. Mm -hmm. A VC is a visual center. So it's like a brand guidelines. Yeah. Um, well, it is a brand guidelines, but they call it a VC. And it just gives you, the designer, all of the tools and the elements and the guidelines and the bits and pieces that you're going to need to bring this idea to life. Yeah, and they gave us nothing. So it, I was tasked with being the lead design um, designer on that campaign. Sweet. And I can't tell you how many options I provided or how many rounds we went through. Mm -hmm. And it just did not satisfy the creative director. And to be honest with you, I don't blame him because it, we were working in such weird restrictions it, and we didn't have a lot of information that it was hard to come up with an idea that was going to be effective. So I did feel like I came up with some really great solutions, but ultimately the creative director came up with um, some of his own and we presented six concepts to them, three concepts of his and three of mine. And unfortunately, it was so disheartening because one of his designs was chosen. And I I really thought I did produce some really good work, but it, it was just defeating. And um, what was upsetting about it was that um, my goal was to show him that I could be trusted. And I just felt like when they chose his design, that trust was broken. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so, but going through the work of creating something and thinking that you have, thinking you got it, thinking you've got the solution, you've got something that, you know, ticks all of the few boxes that you had and having that shot down. How many times do you think you presented something that, and you got the, nah, that's not it. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's just too many to count. Like yeah. you've, I've worked on so many projects, um, there's been times when you get the like thumbs up right away and it's so exciting, but then you also wonder if there's something wrong with the person approving it too, because you're like, no, you've got to find something wrong. Like yeah. there's, there's room for improvement. But, um, when like that project, when you've gone through so much and you can't find any solution that works for the creative director, mm -hmm. it's so defeating. Cause you're like, okay, what am I not doing? Is it, is it me mm -hmm. or is it, is it the way that you're communicating what you feel is needed for this project? And I think that is what the challenge is in, um, in design is like finding the, the right communication and finding that right person that, that understands what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, because I worked with many people that, you're just not speaking the same language. Yep. Yep. No, I feel you there. So in the end, they selected his yeah. design, his concept and idea, and you had to sort of take a lump and just move on and what's next? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. It, it's disheartening at the time, but you move on. And I have a, another project that came out of that, um, that agency that was highly successful. Uh, so I feel like I, I, um, vindicated myself That's in a way. That's the redemption right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that project actually won them the creative work from Sonos. Sweet. So uh, the brand Sonos, um, uh, that was our main client that we worked with. We worked with Nike, but they were just kind of, they came to us once in a while, but Sonos was like a consistent client. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was again put on to a project that was the lead that I was the lead on, and it was a an illustrative project. It was mm-hmm. illustrative campaign, and um, I I had to develop a illustration that was for the March Madness launch. Mm-hmm. So because Sonos um, is a speaker company, if you yeah. will, mm-hmm. um, they surround their moments and align them with uh, entertainment moments like March Madness or like the Oscars. Um, so. I was given that task to do an illustration um, campaign and I worked with an animator as well and gave them direction on that illustration, how it would come to life in the social media channels. And it was super successful. The creative director loved it, had no comments. One of those things that was like, are you sure that you don't have comments? my team loved it. Sonos loved it. They were highly impressed and so impressed that actual, um, actually Sonos's, uh, audience was impressed that they took down all other ads from their social channels and replaced it with mine. So it was super exciting. And those are the moments that I live for as a designer. It's like, yes, like I not only did great work that was, um, that everybody found to be great, but also it resonated with a wide audience and helped um, Sonos succeed in their yeah. endeavors. So it was really exciting. That's awesome. So that's when you're going through and you're taking like screenshots on your phone just to like yes. save it. <laughs> yes, yes, I do that all the time. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so I want to turn this bus around now for you. And mm-hmm. I want you now to tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing. Oh, I mean, it, one of one of them is that project. That project is because because of that project, um, they won the creative account for. Yeah. I won them the creative account for that agency, so they are able to do much more work than just production work now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was able to show them that we were capable of doing much more than just taking their brand guidelines and employing them into a production set of assets. So um, that's got to be one of the biggest highlights of my career so far is that I, I won them that, that contract. Um, so if you had to guess, what is like the dollar value of that contract to an agency? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, lots of money, lots of money. In <laughs> um, seeing that um, that agency, at least, so they had three um, three regions they covered. So they're in London, LA, 
no, four, New York and Portland. And okay. in the Portland agency, Sonos was like the um, production client, mm-hmm. but it because of my work, it became the creative client. So um, that that client essentially, you know, paid for that that office. So That's it's cool. got to be pretty expensive. Um, so. Yeah. I, I don't know enough. I'm not on that that end mm-hmm. to understand but the you dollar. you know what your design work did. Yes, I know right. that. And I know that um, they they still are an agency. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Brittany, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question. This is where I have a question for you from my last guest that you have no idea what it is. And then you get the opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my last guest was Teresha Tan. She was an experienced designer, illustrator, and animator out of London, England. She was originally from Malaysia, but moved over to London. Um, And she wanted to ask that if you could live or work in any country anywhere, where would it be and why? Oh, man. Okay, this one's going to take some thought here. To be very honest, there's something exciting about Canada. And and not because I'm speaking with you, <laughs> but um, because I've lived close to it. I My, my sister lives there. Yeah. Um, Toronto is like a big design hub as mm-hmm. I know Vancouver is as well. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I can align with that. I don't know. It's just because I grew up so close. It's like something always brings me back to Canada. Um, and I know their community is really strong there. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really love about, Portland is a strong design community. But if I had to think outside of the United States, Canada is kind of where my mind went. Yeah. For whatever reason. Okay. Um, so are you like urban? Like you want to be in the city? Or do you want to be like in the forest near the ocean? Oh, God. I mean, both. Could I have both? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Come on. This is... <laughs> um, I, I feel like. A part of me would want to be in the urban setting. That's yep. kind of how I've always lived my life is being in urban settings. Um, even though upstate New York is not very urban, like I was from the city, mm-hmm. like up there, even though it's not really the city, if you count like 40,000 people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I kind of would go there and then I just find solace in going to the like the coast and the mountains, kind of how it is here in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um just having it so close because I assume like in Vancouver, it's right there. So even though it's urban, you're still able to get to it pretty quickly. So I would say you probably want to have a beautiful apartment in downtown Vancouver overlooking the beaches and ocean and, you know, being close enough to the city that you're in the city, but you also want to have a place on Vancouver Island in Tofino, which is like the wild, rugged, West, West, West coast. Yes. All of that. Yeah. Perfect. Easy. <laughs> so, um, side note, I rock climb as well with my husband. Cool. Um, and I know Squamish is pretty close up to Vancouver there. And mm-hmm. I have yet to be there. So, um, or have gone there. 
So that'd be another aspect of Canada being in the urban part, but then also going into Squamish and climbing. Yeah. Yeah. From Vancouver, you can like within three hour drive tops, you could experience all of that. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about the West coast. Yeah. It's awesome. So Brittany, what is the question that you would like me to ask the next guest? Yeah. So I had a hard time grappling with this, um, trying to wreck my brain. And I have two questions, but I think I'll I'll just pick one and go with where do you find purpose in your work? Oh, deep. Yeah. Well, so because I work in um, at Nike, sustainability sits under the purpose umbrella, mm-hmm. and it's going to be very hard for me to ever ever not be working on an initiative or on something that gives your life a little bit more meaning like sustainability. Like I have insights into a lot of sustainability work now, um, and a lot of purpose work. So because of that, I've, I've just found a new love for my job in that world. Mm -hmm. And I've actually started to think about exploring, um, going back to school or just taking a course in social innovation design and learning how to um, develop identities and work that focus on social aspects or social communities. Mm. Um, Like I I really love uh, crime. I love crime podcasts and something that I really um, would love to see myself in someday is like, helping uh like the innocence project and developing work for them very cool yeah yeah design with purpose i love that yeah yeah um so i'd I'd be interested to hear what the the next um uh, interviewee Mm -hmm. i have to say Definitely. Well, I'm going to ask him that question. And Brittany, that brings you to the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Quickie Podcast here with my very awesome guest, Brittany Knight. If you are digging what you're hearing and you like the stories going on in the Quickie Podcast here, Leave a rating and a review, please, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. I read them. I really appreciate them. They bring so much more purpose to just sharing stories here. And you know, it kind of opens up like a little bit of like back and forth, a little bit of feedback. Um, Yeah. So, and if you ever want to hit me up with a question or if you know somebody who would make a dynamite guest on the Quickie Podcast, Hit me up on Instagram. Send me a message. Send me a DM. Tag them or, or just tell me about them and, uh, and I'll check them out. We'll reach out. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you soon.